This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in the book of Psalms. We're, We're in Psalm 136 this morning. It is a, well, relatively long psalm, but about half of it is a a repeat of the same idea that uh, you'll find it's a repeat of the same idea because it's more like an type of type of psalm where you a person says something and then the church echoes back what a saying or maybe echoes back exactly what was sung but this echo is an interesting echo because the echo is the same after every line it's uh, it's one of those uh, echoes that just comes back over and over again after every line. And when we're studying this psalm, the echo makes up about, probably makes up about 75 to 80, not 75, 40 to 45 percent of the actual words of the psalm. And understanding the echo would obviously be the important thing to understand because everything um, that is said elicits that echo back so that the people will remember the not only what God has done, but what is being said in echo or response to that. And um it starts out, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Obviously, he is good and all good things come from him. John tells us that. He says all good and perfect gifts come from, from God above. And so does the Apostle Paul and, and Jesus himself tells us that, that, that all good things come from the Father above. And we're to give thanks to the Lord for he is good. And then I know because you've listened to, you've heard many, not only not only Psalms, but many of the praise songs today use this opening verse in Psalm 136, use it to as a part of their part of their worship songs because it's a direct direct quotation of of God's word give thanks to the lord for he is good for his mercies in forever now that's an important understanding and for the jewish people it was a very important understanding because for them and for us it's the two sides of the coin it's the coin of the realm the uh, when i say the coin of the realm it's the if you had a silver coin and you were going to make a m- memorial silver coin they do that all the time now we we make a silver coin <clears throat> and we put a $40 worth of silver in it and sell it for $140 because it's a memorial coin and so you want one of those so that 20 30 40 50 years from now you can sell it for the amount of silver in it for $40 and then they can make the $100 that really you didn't get any value from this memorial coin, the silver coin, if we were going to make one to the finished work of Jesus Christ, that coin would be priceless, but it would have two sides to it. And the two sides would be his mercy and his grace. And one would be to memorialize his mercy and the other would be to memorialize his grace. And, and a lot of times we use those two words interchangeably. However, they are uh, polar, really they're polar opposites of what's taking place. Mercy is a very important principle. Mercy is I do not receive what I deserve. I deserve certain things and I don't have to endure them because God has provided for me mercy. So when we first when we first meet with God, there's a distinct realization that we do need mercy. 
that we need to walk in his mercy because God could, and, and all, for all rights by the law, the wages of sin is death. One, one, one transgression of the law is a full transgression of the law. See, in, in like the Code of Alabama, if I transgress the law, I have to be proven uh, to have transgressed not only that law, but I have to be proven to transgress every element of the law. So take, for instance, uh, burglary. I have to enter the residence or business or now even sometimes it's even the outhouse or an automobile or something like that. I have to enter that resident with the intent to commit a crime therein. And uh, I have to meet all the elements of that crime. It used to be it had to be at night because that was burglary. Now it doesn't have to be that. But notice there's many elements and I have to meet every element of that crime. That's not true of the eternal law of God, which is the very nature of God, his very character and nature. When you transgress one aspect of that, just absolutely one small portion of his character and nature, you have committed sin. You have transgressed who he is and his holiness. And when you have done that, the punishment for that, the, the thing that is going to have to be dealt with when, when we deal with that, the consequences of it is that I'm separated from God because I'm no longer, I've no longer uh, have that relationship with him. And <clears throat> the separation from God means spiritual death, means a spiritual separation from him, which fundamentally also means a physical separation from him. And my soul having no access to him and to his character and to, who, to knowing who he is. So I'm, I'm spiritually dead. My soul, my soul wanders uh, in darkness. And when I talk about my soul, my mind and my heart, my passions and my emotions, they walk in darkness. And my body is, is totally uh, corrupt. My flesh is totally corrupt by sin. And when that takes place, I'm, I am lost. I, I'm set, set apart. The only way for me to be back right with God, the only way for that to take place is there has to be a pardon given. There has to be a, there has to be, God has to step in and pardon me for those, for that transgression. And by the way, it's just one single transgression. It doesn't have to be a lifetime of transgression. It doesn't have to be a, a, a momentary transgression. It doesn't have to, it, has, it is any singular transgression, any aspect of me who is which is separated from God and acts outside of God's law, I'm a transgressor of sin. And so I'm lost. I'm cut off. And I need the mercy of God. And I need that mercy not to be momentary. I don't need it to be temporal. I don't need it to be uh, uh, a mercy that 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 takes place just in the moment because my sin permeates. Paul says, uh, Paul talks about, oh, who can separate me from this body of death? And the, and, and the death that comes from sin, it permeates every part of my life. It totally separates me from God and totally separates me from uh, ever knowing him or seeing him. So when I, I speak of the mercy of God, I need that mercy to endure forever. I need that mercy to be a continual flow of mercy, a continual flow of enduring to me forever, because without it, I, I'm just cut off and lost. And it's, it's absolutely important that I understand that even though I'm walking as a child of the king, even though I'm walking as a, an heir to the throne, even though I, I have a, a great high priest and I'm, I'm a royal priesthood and I have a right to be before God, even though I have a right to all the promises and all the goodness of God, even though I have all those things to be true, on the side of the coin that I'm dealing with today, I still have to have his mercies. I have to have his mercies 
they endure forever. That's why the psalmist says his mercies are new every morning. Why are they new every morning? Because I need the, I need a continual uh, flow of mercy. I can't operate outside of that mercy. I can't function without that mercy. I can't continue unless his mercies meet and grow and, and flow over me each and every day. And so that kind, that side of the uh, coin, you, I guess it'd be the tail side of the coin if we got the heads and the tail side, because nobody really wants to call tails. Nobody really likes tails. But the truth is that without tails, I don't get the head. I don't get the, I don't get the head of the coin. I don't get the side I really like. And God's mercies are age to age. They're generation to generation, but they're also day to day, hour to hour, moment to moment. They are always there. And so when I say pray, give praise to the Lord for he is good, and then I follow it up with for his mercies endure forever. They are enduring. They're continually, they're, they're continually flowing to me. They're continually making me alive and giving me hope. They're continually separating me from my sins. The atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ the finished work of Jesus Christ. See, in the Old Testament, they had to continually be bringing sacrifices. They can educate, continually be coming before him. But that atoning sacrifice of Jesus is providing for me all the time, each and every day, continual. Boom, I am I'm continually moving in the very goodness and the, and the very blessings of God. And they are new every morning. They are new all the time for me. And so as we're going through this psalm, I need you to know that. You say, what's the other side of the coin? The other side of the coin is the grace of God. The grace of the mercy of God is getting what I do not deserve, not getting what I do deserve. And what I do deserve is to be separated from God and eternal death and damnation, to be, to be sent to hell. That's what I do deserve, but I'm not getting that. Now, on the other side of the coin is grace, and that's where I get what I don't deserve. And what don't I deserve? I don't deserve to be a part of his kingdom. I don't deserve to be a part of his family. I don't deserve to have his love and his his grace uh, pour over me. I don't deserve that. I get it. And why I get it? Because God's love and his will is that I would be a part of his kingdom. And he desires that, and he wants that for me, and he's provided a way for me. And that way is through the finished, complete, perfect work of Jesus Christ. And so if through that finished, complete, perfect work, living a sinless life, freely giving his life on the cross, receiving that perfect work from him, I, I get what I do not deserve, which means I get total communion and fellowship with God. I get all his best. I get all his kingdom. And that is the head side of the coin. Everybody wants to call heads. If you're going to call for mercy or grace, I want grace. I want grace. I want to get what I don't deserve. It's Christmas all the time. I, I, I want to get what I don't deserve. But the truth is, is without the mercy, I never get to the grace. And so I need to understand that his mercies are enduring in my life all the time. His sustaining mercies are going on all the time for me. And then it's not just a one-time deal. It's not just a one-time pardon. His pardons are coming and go, coming and coming and coming and coming all the day. And he is sustaining me through my sin because Paul says, who can separate me from this body of death? He says, I, and, and that's a gruesome picture of, of something I'll, I'll explain one day down the road. But he says, but thanks be the Lord through Jesus Christ. See, I, I am given mercy and I'm separated from this deserving of sin. I'm given mercy because of great, God's great love for me. And this morning, I got up early and made a few rounds when nobody was about. And, and got some things done this morning. And as the sun coming up, his mercies are new every morning. They really are. And they're fabulous every morning. And even though I don't think that, even though I don't uh, know what's coming that day, I do know this. 
I know that his mercies are going to carry me through that day. And if they don't carry me fully through that day, then they're going to carry me on to glory. And so who cares? What is there to worry about? It has no, nothing has any power over me because the power of God's mercy is flowing over me each and every day. He said, oh, give thanks to the, to the God of gods for his mercy endures forever. He is the God of God. There's no God above him. There's no one uh, higher than him. And and this little word for gods, it can mean all kinds of things. It can mean idols. It can be, mean things like that. But it also means spirit, spiritual beings because there are spiritual beings out there that won't control over us and they won't control over this world. And, and <clears throat> they don't have control of it. Why? Because God's mercy is at work in it. They don't have control of it because God's mercy is overcoming the work that they have. The enemy is not, the enemy is not winning. The enemy is never winning, has no chance to win. The, the the final act has already been written. God has already planned it out. Do we know all of the plan? No, we don't know all the plan, but he's given us a lot of understanding into the plan. And let me say this, it, it we win. And, 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 and I love to win. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I love to win. Not quite as much as I love to eat, but I do love to win. And so when, when, when we're facing this world and and going after at, at it in this world, I, I realize that that God has triumphed over all things, and that His purposes will be carried out fully and completely in due season and in due time for God's very best. He says here, "I'll give thanks to the Lord of Lords for His mercy endures forever. He's the God of gods and the Lord of lords. To Him alone does great wonders. Notice He's the God of gods, the Lord of lords. He alone does the great wonders." We do not do the great wonders. This is important. We do them through his power and by leadership of his Holy Spirit. So many times we will step out there and do things and say, I have the power to do that. And you do have the power. You do. I want you to hear me today. You do have the power to do that. But you have to do it in line with his sovereign movement of his Holy Spirit. To say that I am going to act in my own will to do something that is outside of his sovereign that is at work in the world is foolishness because the power comes from his will. The mercy comes from his will. The grace comes from his will. And so the work of God must come from his will. We talk about obedience to God. Remember that obedience is by faith in God because I have faith in him because he's provided for me mercy and grace. And without mercy and grace, I don't have faith. I don't have an ability to trust anything because there's nothing to trust in. And, and that mercy and grace comes from his will. So where's the initi initiating point for all this? The initiating point's God's will. And from his will becomes mercy, comes first mercy and grace. And they're the two sides coined of the gift of God's, of God's atoning sacrifice through Jesus Christ. And from that, underneath that, what develops from that is the uh, faith that I have to be able to trust in God. Well, that faith must go through the mercy and grace and must derive itself from the will of the Father. That's why Jesus always said, I only do what I see my Father doing. I don't do my will. Did Jesus have a separate will from the Father? Absolutely he did. Sure he did. Does the Holy Spirit have a will of its own? He does. Absolutely does. But they all subject themselves to the Father's will. Why? Because all things have to be one. They have to be together. And so we've got the Father's will, and from that comes, comes the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ, which provides us with his mercy and with his grace. And then right up there, up underneath it, uh, that coin sits on top. It lands on top, and, and that's where our faith is built. And it's built right there underneath that grace and mercy. And that faith trusts in his grace, 
his mercy, but primarily the Father's will. And so you can't go out there and just do things on your own. You have to hear the Holy Spirit. We are obedient by faith. We're obedient by faith in, in, in God's will, not in our own will. I'm not obedient to my own will. That's sinful. My will is sinful. I'm obedient to the Father's will. And Jesus was sinless, and he was obedient to the Father's will. How much more do I need to be obedient to the Father's will when I'm so sinful? I, I, it's, 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 it's just absolutely necessary. You can't have it without the other. And so he says, for him who by wisdom made the heavens. Notice, he's explaining. He's Lord of Lord. He's God of gods. He does the great wonders. He's the alone, one alone who made it, for his mercies endure forever. To him who laid out the earth above the waters, for his mercies endure forever. He's the one made dry land. He's one that made the oceans. He says, to him who made great lights, for his mercy endures forever. He made the sun and the moon and the stars in the sky. Notice he's laying that foundation that God is the one that is the author of all things. Not me. God's the one who explains all things. He says, to him who made great lights for his mercy endures forever. Verse eight, the sun to rule the day for his mercies endure forever. And the moon and the stars to rule the night, his mercy endures forever. He says, for him who struck Egypt in the firstborn, <clears throat> notice he's the one who uh, saved them out of the world, saved them out of Egypt for his mercies endure forever and brought Israel from among them for his mercies endure forever. Notice he, he did. And by his sovereign will, he gave us his mercy. He says, uh, with a strong hand and with an outstretched arm. Notice God did it through his own power, not our power. He did it through his own power to him who divided the Red Sea in two, his mercies for his mercies endure forever and made Israel pass, pass through the midst of it for his mercies endure forever, but overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea for his mercies endure forever. Notice this is he's he's gone to these are eternal principles that must be your mind doesn't naturally want them. I want you to hear me today. Your mind doesn't naturally want to receive them. That's why God over and over and over and over through scripture, continually through scripture, uh, teaches these principles over and over and over again. And, and it's necessary. That's why it's necessary that we meet together and that we talk about these things on a regular basis. And if you're a person who feels like church is something that you need to do just on a momentary basis, you need to do it once a month, once every couple of months, and you're really getting it, you're really not getting it because your mind and your heart wander away from God so easily easily. And, and it is necessary that you hear these principles over and over again. Listen to me. It, I'm here telling you these principles over and over again and reminding myself of them. Because if I don't remind myself of these principles, I, I lead myself into error all the time. I, it's just real, just natural for me to do that. And it's real natural for you to do that. You just lead yourself into error all the time. Here's the fundamental principles that that God is sovereign. He's in charge of everything. He made everything. That's what this is telling us. He made the oceans. He made dry land. He made the sun and the stars and the moon. He made all the things that we see and all the things that sustain our lives. He made all those things. And not only did he do that, he did that and had his mercies going on and enduring in our lives forever and ever. And it, his mercies have been going on since the very, since Adam and Eve 
uh, sinned in the garden. He's been pouring his mercy out on humanity ever since. And his plan of mercy has been ongoing from that time forward. In fact, his plan was ongoing even before he created everything because the Bible says Jesus was slain from the foundation of time, which means that God's plan, his eternal plan was to sacrifice his son for the transgressions of creation. And that was his plan and has always been his plan for to do that. And so his mercies have always been there and therefore his grace has always been available. And that is because that is the natural aspect of the character of God. And knowing that and hearing that on a regular basis helps your mind to begin to soak up the truth of the eternal truth of what's going on. And then once you soak that truth up over and over again, you begin to actually believe it, trust in it, and walk in it. And if you're not around it all the time, and if you're not hearing it all the time, and if you're not walking in it all the time, you will wander away from it just as easily as you walk through the woods on a path that looks like a deer trail, and then all of a sudden you're off the trail and you are lost. If you are not walking with God on a regular basis, you will mess up, you will be down a road, and your mind will wander back into the old way of thinking. And that old way of thinking is that sinful way of thinking, that lostness that goes on in the world, and you will not have God's best. And I'm just telling you that, and there's no way to get around it. That's what this, that he says, he says, listen, I made everything, and then you were lost in the world, which is Egypt, and I delivered you out of Egypt. And let me tell you something, in a 100% absolutely real sense, you were in slavery in Egypt yourself, and God in an absolute 100 real sense, delivered you from that slavery in Egypt and gave you an opportunity to walk in his grace and his mercy. And let me tell you, let me tell you, you must soak yourself in it. That's why when you get up in the morning, you need to soak yourself in it. When you go to bed at night, you need to soak yourself in it. You've got to soak yourself in God's truth and his love and his will. You got to soak yourself in it or you will wander away. And let me tell you something. That's why G Jesus is a good shepherd, because he goes after that sheep that wanders away. That's why he's the master of all the coinage, because he goes after that lost coin. That's why he That's why he is the uh, good father, because he watches and waits for uh, uh, the prodigal son to come back. He, he, he is constantly uh, bringing us back in line with his will. That's why his mercies need to be every day, because by the way, how many times have you wandered away from God and he brought you back? and got you well and got you fixed up and you wandered away again and he did the exact same thing over and over again. Why he does that? Because his mercies endure forever. That's why he does that. It's not just a one-time, one-off. You get this one chance and if you mess it up, you go to hell. That's not how it works. His mercies endure forever. His mercies endure forever. He says, to him who struck, down great kings. He to him who led his people through the wilderness for his mercy endures forever. To him he struck down great kings for his mercy endures forever. Who and slew famous kings for his mercy endures forever. Sihon, king of the Amorites, for his mercy endures forever. And Og, king of the Bashan, king of Bashans, for his mercy endures forever. And give their land as a heritage. And, in, and for his mercy endures forever and his heritage to Israel for his servants, for his mercy endures forever. He took from the world and gave us all the good things that he could give us. And under, man, just letting your mind soak in that truth and letting the passions of your heart soak in that truth allows you to walk in those mercies. 
to experience those mercies, to realize those mercies, and to enjoy the goodness that comes from those mercies. He said, who remembered us in our lowly state. What a great verse there. God remembered us in our lowly state. He didn't forget about us, and he doesn't forget about us. He, he remembers us in our pain and our suffering. He doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't forget about us. He doesn't forget who we are. He knows you. He, don't, he not only knows you, he knows you intimately. And so his mercies endure forever. He says, and he rescued us from our enemies. Has he not? He sure has. The world hates us. Um, the, the spiritual forces of darkness are arrayed against us. Our own will and our own ways are out to destroy us, and God hadn't for, God hadn't forgot about us. He ain't forgot about us not one day. He hadn't forgot about us. He's rescued us from our enemies. He rescued us from our enemies for his mercies endure forever. He says, who gives us food, who gives food to all flesh. That's that common mercy out there too, for his mercy endures forever. People who don't even know him get to experience his mercies because his people are out there enjoying the, the goodness of his mercies. Let me say this, his mercies uh, endure forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of heaven, sovereign God, the royal God, the God of the throne of heaven. He says, oh, give thanks to the God of heaven for his mercies endure forever. Yes, they do. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.